0: and recording all right so lecture sixth is a well they're all important right (laughs) but lecture sixth is quite a fun journey um of okay here's all of the stuff but now how do we apply it how where do we start uh implementing that faith and and what do we need to do right so what were your guys's thoughts and opinions and, um, experiences while, while reading lecture six? Um, how did it hit you as far as what do we need to do in order to obtain this kind of faith? And what is this level of faith, um, that, um, that the whole lectures are, are trying to get us to, to come to, right? Like it, it's all about it being possible. It, Joseph Smith is, Hey, we can, we can grow in our faith here. And so anyway, what was your guys' experience with, with Lecture 6 and the
1: applicability and um, to our lives?
2: <clears throat> well, I kind of didn't like it. <laughs> can I just be the one to say that? Nobody else is talking. Did you guys love it? I was like, are you freaking kidding me?
0: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I realize. I need an explanation on that one.
3: I realize just how far I have to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, because what I took away from it was really, we need to give a sacrifice, and the ultimate sacrifice is everything. <laughs> but it's not even like the law of consecration, everything that's how i felt in including perhaps our lives but when it talked about um shoot where is it when everything was being taken away and they joyfully gave it yes like, really i'm really liking being at my cabin right now <laughs> i walked away from everything at my house and um and I'm always, like, I've always looked at my house and it's like, I could walk away from everything. There'd be a few things I'd be sad about. Those things are um, like family little treasures, like that have been passed down through the, through the generations, you know, not valuable to anyone else. And I'm like, no, I can walk away from that. But then I looked here as I'm sitting here reading and it's like, no, this is my hideaway place. <laughs> so I don't know and then I was like what is this covenant and sacrifice it sounds like it's something that we make on our own I mean I know and if it's so important why is it only the second covenant we make in the temple or maybe because it is important it's the second covenant maybe that's the answer but um okay I'll be quiet (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i love it yeah lots of great points there and um uh, very crucial to to be able to wrestle through these things and like <clears throat> i can only imagine what it must have been like in the school of the prophets for the prophet joseph to be like teaching this and and uh for all of them to be contributing and, and helping each other learn that um but anyway yeah like, lots of fun avenues to to take our discussion in
3: well, just thinking of like why it would be second, it, it just given the, uh, what's the word, um, just how absolutely essential it is to be able to exercise faith in him. Like, like you can't, you know, from reading this, it, it goes hand in hand. And so without being able to sacrifice make that sacrifice we wouldn't be able to do any of the other things essentially or or right like live those other covenants or whatever it seems like like this is like yeah like this is top priority (laughs) i don't know okay so i'm just looking at number
2: verse five where it says for a man to lay down his all his character and reputation is honor and applause his good name among men, his houses, his lands, his brothers and sisters, his wife and children, and even his own life. Also counting all things, but filth and dross for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I just, as you read that, you're like, it's not just, I'm sure I'm not the only one that has been attacked as far as my character, my reputation, things like that. And you want to fight for that. You want your, you know, I'm just saying Mm -hmm. just to lay it all down and walk away and let people think of you, what they will, which in reality is what Jesus Christ did. Right. He never said a word.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. I look at verse five as kind of like the Job verse of the lectures, right? Like Man, for all of that, and to to count it, it's not enough to just give it up, right, or or to lay it down, but to count it as filth and dross. Yeah. In order really for something.
2: Which is really hard when all we're doing is gathering our brothers, our sisters, our wives, and our children, right? Our yeah. posterity and our ancestor, our our ancestry. And here it's like just lay it all down and count it for filth and dross. So it's kind of counterintuitive
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: exactly so like oh sorry oh was i just echoing <laughs> it sounded like somebody was um you, you
2: were interrupting yourself
0: <laughs> <laughs> i do that all the time and technology only helps that process <laughs> but yeah it, interesting through um isaiah was the first time that it really like really dawned on me about actually making sacrifices of, uh, things that I love in order to obtain better things. Right. Um, especially through the whole modern idolatry, Babylon type of, uh, mindset and going to the Lord and saying, Hey, what is amiss in my life? What am I worshiping a little too much in order to give that up, put it on the altar, have it, uh, be the past and and accept something of the future. And it's interesting how quickly the Lord responds to those those yearnings or those pleadings as you are um, seeking. And then uh I love verse five here where like everything how God needs to be first uh we give up all of our sins to know him. It's it's all about that knowing um jesus christ and and our father in heaven and so what is knowledge i mean as it pertains to specifically lectures on faith but lecture six here. what is the knowledge of jesus christ or the knowledge of god and why is it such a, a great thing that we can be just throwing away literally everything else in order to obtain it um So what is, I I guess my, uh, the (laughs) the big question here is what is being talked about in lecture six? What is this law of sacrifice and how do we obtain the gift that is being offered here? Like what were your guys' thoughts and, and opinions as you're wrestling through that?
2: In verse in verse nine, it says it was in offering sacrifices that Abel, the first martyr, obtained knowledge that he was accepted of God. So it wasn't sacrificing. That's what I'm saying. Is is this just a sacrifice that we covenant with Heavenly Father on our own, or is it something greater because? That sacrifice that Abel was offering wasn't anything more than any, obviously Cain was asked to sacrifice too. So it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And there was a place, I think it was up higher where it talked about your covenant and sacrifice. And that's why it was like, is this something that we do on our own? Or is it something that's prescribed because the one that Abel was giving was prescribed?
1: Yeah. I
4: think it's a little of both, Alethea. Um, I don't know, This this particular lecture was really, impactful for me. It it mm-hmm. made me really sit back and look at myself, I think. And I, th- I think a lot of it is what you do on your own. I mean, some of it is prescribed, yes, but, but I think to the extent that you do it is really on your own. And and to the extent that you're um, committed to it. <clears throat> I keep I kept thinking about, um, you know, the Savior in his life, and when he asked several people, like the rich man and some of his uh, apostles, if they would lay down everything and come follow him, and some did and some didn't, and so I just feel like I just feel like it is very. I don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Not that it's a choice, but I think to the extent that you or the seriousness that you take this um, concept of sacrifice is really a personal thing. And I think that. It's something that we all really have to sit back and think about and look at in our own personal lives and what we're doing, because I think it's going to be different for every single one of us.
3: I think you're right. Yeah. Because, like, like going to even just the uh, verse one, when it talks about, um, oh, uh, let's see how persons must have. Let's see that we have to have the knowledge that the course of life which they pursue is according to the will of God, in order that they may be able to, you know, exercise faith in Him and to life and salvation. And that, to me, you know, looks like a really individual relationship and understanding with God, which you know that would would make sense. Mm -hmm. so I have two thoughts on that in verse
2: nine in the second sentence it says and from the days of righteous Abel to the present time the knowledge that men have that they are accepted in the sight of God is obtained by offering sacrifice and in the last days before the Lord comes he is to gather together his saints who have made a covenant with him by sacrifice that's when I was like wait is this like a a private thing but now my mind is going back to Isaiah. And is that the um, the the vassal role that we're playing?
0: I think to a great extent that um, that sacrifice plays out on all the levels of the the ladder, right? but uh, in ever greater measures and stuff. but yeah. I, um, I, uh, like the 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 kind that you're talking about there. Yes, I, I think that there is a, a huge part there on uh, the sun servant level. We start getting introduced into, um, that that uh, emperor vassal relationship and a greater uh, application of the law of sacrifice.
4: Yeah, you know, again, it kind of goes back to how how seriously you want to take this um, this concept of sacrifice. I mean we can, we can take it very superficially and say, well, you know, I have a calling and I do, you know, I go to church, I sacrifice and I come to church and I fulfill my calling and sure, I'm sacrificing. Or, you know, are you going to go a little bit deeper than that? How deep are you going to go with it? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the question. And that's, that's what makes it really personal.
0: Mm -hmm. So I don't know why, but like this story keeps popping in my head and it won't, go out so I think I'm prompting to share (laughs) like um there's a chapter in Journey to the Veil um I can't remember if it's Journey to the Veil one or two I think it's one but I could be wrong but anyway where um John Pontius relates this story where his stake presidency was looking at their their congregations and saying that they didn't think that their people realized the kind of faith that they actually had that it was very dormant and, and people weren't acting upon it even though that they knew that it was there. And so um for for one of their ward meetings, I can't remember if it was ward or stake. It could have been a stake meeting, I can't remember. But um the counselor in the stake presidency stood up and said, "Okay, so in the early days of the church Joseph implemented um, this method of of, uh, faith and, uh, missionary work and being called up. And, um, uh, likewise, we are being instructed to, to do this today. And so, um, the, the following individuals has been called, uh, to, to go on missions leaving tonight. You have, um, uh, the rest of the, the day or I, you know, I'm paraphrasing the story. I could be getting little elements wrong, but, um, uh, you have a little bit of time to, to get your affairs in order and leave on your missions. And then he read off the list of names and asked them to come up to the stand um, to bear their testimonies as they were, uh, if they were accepting the call. And he's like, if you would rather not accept the call, that is totally fine. Uh, no one will be judging or or taking offense. Um, but you are hereby called to the work and read through the list of names and and people gets me choked up i don't even know this story was like very impactful to me in this law of sacrifice but um uh you would stand up and and walk to the stand uh, bear their testimonies were you know like okay i'm not prepared at all but i'm gonna go do this kind of a thing versus some that were like this is going to be so hard to get our affairs in order but we love the lord enough to do this and um at the end of it, at the end of the meeting, uh, the counselor in the state presidency stood up and was like, all right, so this isn't required. And, and this call was just to, to show you how much faith you actually have kind of a thing. And, it, and it's very much an, an Abrahamic test of, of loyalty. How willing are you to give up everything for the lord at any given time in your life kind of a thing like i don't know john pontius has a way of of telling it so well and powerful like every time that i've listened to that that chapter like i have just like busted down ball and like i the law of sacrifice is so powerful in order for us to develop the faith necessary in order to To rend the veil and and be with God, and um, anyway, I I don't know why necessarily um, why that's coming up right at the beginning of our our talk on lecture six here, but it it won't leave my mind. So I think that that's very um, pertinent to our study. But um, anyway, (laughs) I think that's all I've got. I'll I'll shut up now.
2: As they were told that they would need to then uh they were actually
1: disappointed mm-hmm. most of them in fact I think it was all of them wasn't
0: it? yeah they were all very disappointed and I there was one lady that her her emo- well I, I think there was a few that they just got up and like bolted for the door I mean they were just so overcome with emotions they needed time to like compose themselves um and uh, John Pontius said he was the one playing the organ that day and he was like at first i thought how cruel that was but then through the passage of time i realized how inspired that was because people were able to get a snapshot glance of their faith that they could obtain in no other way and um you know like president nelson says the day of abrahamic test hasn't stopped we will be tried to the utmost and sometimes the sacrifice will be required at our hands, but sometimes it's going to be a an arrested sacrifice where an angel will hold back the blade and, and tell us that that is enough kind of a thing. But how, I mean, our whole journey in this life, whatever level of the ladder we're on, whatever experiences that we're doing, is an ever-increasing observance of that law and so I think uh like uh Alethea and and Amy were talking about I think that that's why it's so so advanced now like right at the beginning of of our endowments right like this is this is crucial to understand because it plays out um uh in so many ways and, and shapes throughout our discipleship here on this earth and and how we learn But anyway, John says it so much better. Go listen to that chapter. (laughs) I'll have to find it, and I'll post it, but um, which chapter that But is. Let's see. Let's go revisit Lecture 3rd for for three verses really quick. Um, I think this will really help tie it back together in um, a, a fun way. So... In lecture third, here's where like I'm everything hinges upon these three verses. Well, I guess four. Let us here observe that three things are necessary in order to do one specific thing. In order that any rational and intelligent being, which I think that there's a lot of word studies that we can do just right there, but in order for any rational intelligent being may exercise faith in God unto life and salvation. So I think we really have to define what life and salvation really is. So here's the three things. First, the idea that he actually exists. And we found that throughout the the whole of lecture two, right? We have to know that there's a God to approach before we can actually believe and and work within and and get that seed growing and, and nourished. And so we get the idea that he actually exists from human testimony and human testimony only. That's what the whole of lecture second uh, really drives home. And then second, we need a correct idea of his character, perfections, and attributes. Lecture third is about his character. Lecture four is about his attributes. And lecture five is really diving into his perfections and that we ourselves have it within us in this mortality to be perfect. And that is the law of God. And then thirdly, this is the crux of, of lecture six. And this is necessary that we may actually exercise faith in God unto life and salvation. We have to have an actual knowledge. I mean, this is actual knowledge that the course of life, which he or she is pursuing, is according to his will. And so I would pose the question of what is that actual knowledge? That sounds a lot like the definition for a calling and election made sure. And without that actual knowledge that the course that you're living is has the stamp of approval from God, we can't exercise faith unto a specific end, unto life and salvation. And so I think that that's that's crucial in order for us to unpack what this law of sacrifice is, because we have faith, right? I mean, we have um, lots of elementary basic um, teachings and perceptions on faith, but this is a specific kind of faith that the whole of the lectures is trying to get us to do and we, we studied that almost agnosium, right, uh, before we even got into the lectures, what were the outcomes? What were these people doing with this faith that they obtained through the School of the Prophets? They were doing one specific thing. They were coming into the presence of God, being taught by him, in order to more fully be emissaries of his name here on this earth and bring children in following the same pattern joseph learned the pattern and what is he doing he's fulfilling the law of faith and helping others come into his presence as well and so it's 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 basically missionary work it's it's what we are are here to do once you get it now go and bring others so that they can also partake this is lehi's dream is is basically the lectures on faith um but I, i don't know like does it seem that way to, to you guys? This uh, that the actual knowledge that the course of life is he, he is pursuing is according to his will uh, is, is synonymous with the calling and election made sure. Or what other ways do um, do you take it and and understand it? Because I I think that there's a lot of depth here and and a lot of um, interesting avenues um, that that we can take it. But anyway, just. I'm blubbering already. So,
1: <laughs> what's your guys' comments and thoughts? And, um, and things? yes, so that same thought came to me uh, lecture three the first idea that he actually exists. And you said that it comes through human testimony. And I wrote in my notes missionary work. And then I wrote in the fact that we all coming through this lineage in this tribe make a covenant in the pre existent, right? that we would uh, share and take this gospel and, and do missionary work and gather the saints. And isn't it great to see how this has all been set up way before we came to this earth, that if we just follow the plan that that we we set this up and, and we make this sacrifice, because you can't get the faith. You, you can't uh, have the testimony without the
0: sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sacrifice is huge in this as <laughs> lecture six kind of pounds into our heads, right? Um, it's very interesting.
2: It's also making me ponder about, again, the ladder. Do we start that ladder in the pre existence?
0: It's very interesting because some of us seem to, to come understanding things uh, a lot deeper and uh than than others you know the the privilege of, of being the um, the house of israel being born into that i i have to wonder the same question i don't know
2: because even joseph obviously joseph was far ahead on the ladder than the rest of us right and other i mean look at abraham and i mean
1: i'm
4: just saying mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think
4: we come with uh you know a different knowledge, but also I think about the desire too, because we can be taught things here. I mean, as far as the knowledge goes, we can we can learn why we're here, but I think the big thing is the desire. What what is our desire? Do we want to learn? Do we want to ascend the ladder? No, some some people don't
1: <laughs> yeah and,
2: and we bring that with us from the pre-existence right
1: it's like DNC says DNC c four if you have desire you're called to the work yeah I love that that, that desire
3: um Cameron mm-hmm. so just your thought on um on yeah the you know the phrase of the knowledge that his will uh essentially that our wills are aligning I can't, I can't remember it now um so do you do you think and then yeah comparing that to kind of the, that ladder um you think that is just how you're describing it it sounds like you know once you get to that place where um you become one with god in uh in mind and all of that like is that kind of what you were talking about or and that and that seems like that is a space where you're calling an election is made sure you are of one mind with god and doing his will and anyways
0: Uh yeah and so the past couple of weeks have been revolutionary for me as I'm going through and trying to, to unlock like the literary patterns, right. Of, of lecture five and six. Um, uh, I think I I shared a lot about lecture five last time, but as I went through, it's interesting, the, the bifid structure that lecture five has, and that the first part is um, focusing on the character of God and unpacking it because the, when we're talking about characters, perfections, and attributes, character is is something that um, we're examining and pulling apart. We need to to learn how the father and son are different in order to to understand the second part of the uh, lecture, which is talking about how they're the same. Because you, you can't know one without the other. You have to know how they're different before you can know how they're the same. And as we do so... Um, like you were saying, the the levels of the ladder and stuff. Um, there's two things here that are pointed out where um, the son did something that no man can do, right? He descended in suffering below that which man can suffer, suffered greater suffering, exposed to more powerful contradictions than any man can be. That, that's not within the mortal um, experience. But notwithstanding all this, and this is where it crescendos in the literary pattern here. Notwithstanding all this, he kept the law of God, and it defines the law of God as the law of perfection. He remained without sin, showing thereby that it is in the power of man to keep the law of God or the law of perfection and remain also without sin. Um, and then... With the second part when it it's it pulls them apart and shows how uh, the father and son are different then it puts them back together in the most powerful way here uh, it kind of starts here with um uh, christ sharing the same mind with the father which mind is the holy spirit uh, which we talked about a, a lot last week right And then um, we talk about the mind being the spirit, which is also knowledge. And um, as we fast forward to lecture sixth, which persons, we have to have this knowledge, a person must have that the course of life which they're pursuing. So As we are, if it is calling election made sure, and we're looking at the course of life which we're pursuing, how do we know what the will of God is? But the will being the same mind, which is shown in Lecture Five, that Christ received the same mind or spirit as the Father and commends us to do the same. Be ye therefore perfect so that you can also receive the mind and receive the witness or the knowledge that you are also doing the will of God or having that ratified that you are living the order of of life and salvation on ever higher levels. It's very interesting. Verse two talks about translation. Uh, Those who obtain this um they take joyfully the spoiling of their goods knowing that they have a more enduring substance that their bodies are even being transformed and and things like everything about this i don't think i would have understood lecture 6 if it hadn't have been for isaiah and and that great prophet's writings to help understand the levels and what this all means here but but joseph and, and sydney who are writing this are like so powerfully demonstrating the pattern of of higher sacrifice besides just our own like you know Jacob Israel Zion Jerusalem those levels of the ladder it, it's very much a personal sacrifice you're just giving up everything that is worldly or, or babylon but then son servant on up we are learning how to to sacrifice in greater measure for the greater good for god's purpose so that we can become one with him which that's his purpose is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of all man not just ourselves we don't come back to heaven uh alone with this kind of of knowledge and this kind of faith kind of a thing i don't know that's my roundabout take on it i don't know if i answered your
1: question (laughs) that's
3: awesome that's an awesome connection thanks for sharing that
1: isn't this what Neil Maxwell talked about quite a bit? Saying the only thing we really can give back to the Heavenly Father is our will, right? Which really, if we translate that, isn't that really our sacrifice?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that is the only thing we can give back to him. So if you look at it that way, that that's the only thing that we can give him, then that really tells you how important it is, right? hmm
0: yeah like like sacrifices he doesn't want the the blood of of rams and goats and bullocks and stuff like like, (laughs) no he wants the actual sacrifice he wants us to want what he wants it's it's not about all of the the things that we're giving up you know like oh yeah we're gonna put this on the altar today I, i i could care less about that i i want your heart i want you to want to be with me and i want you to not come alone i want you to want that and um being able to share in that that oneness of purpose with with god the father and
1: and jesus christ whom he sent kind of a thing and that's a whole difference between the old testament and the new testament yeah really because that's the higher law right Mm mm-hmm
2: yeah. I like what you said, Cameron, because I really hate, I, I really don't like saying that we give our will to the father because I don't think he wants our will. Mm-hmm. I think. Because that's like, more
0: of a, a servitude or a slave mentality, right?
2: It is. Yeah. And the only thing we have to give is our will. No, I think what he wants is for us to join him and become one with him Mm -hmm. and the and he'll he leaves that up to us and our agency if we want to choose that but I I really like better saying that I don't know the way you said it about that he wants us to choose him he wants us he wants us to be one with him and that's our choice what we want because I don't Is that bad to say? I kind of disagree with Elder Maxwell.
0: (laughs) No, I I think it just kind of comes down to like the semantics of what is being said versus the actual principle.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't like that saying though, because we kind of because it can be
0: twisted, but if by people throughout the church, right? Yeah.
2: And we use it very trite all the time. All Heavenly Father wants is our will. No, He doesn't. He wants us to choose Him, He wants our heart. He wants to be one with us and he can't choose to be one with us we have to choose to be one with him
1: yeah to me it's a, alignment right becoming yeah. one and maybe Will's the wrong way to say it but to me it's choosing the alignment to be one with heavenly father
2: yeah yeah i didn't like the way i i mean i said it for a lot of years and then just recently i was like I really don't like the way Elder Maxwell said that or the way that it's been used through the years.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: like I like he wants us to align with him. He wants us. That's all he wants.
1: And and doesn't that take a lot of sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, I I love how a lot of prophets and apostles come out with these things that um <laughs> We as Mormons just love. Well, not Mormons. Sorry, <laughs> but we as as saints love to to hang on like little key words and and, and take them right. Like applying the atonement as is, if it's a lotion or some weird cosmic substance that we can apply. No, it's Christ and and His atonement that He wrought out for us. You know, kind of. And, and like the will has been taken that way or uh agency uh, instead like free agency there's no such thing as free agency but like um all of these different things that they're they're trying to communicate it but but language is limiting right and so we we hang on these little things or tender mercies and this and that and and just kind of twist it a little bit and and satan's really good at helping us in that that, that light there yeah. but yeah yeah L. well
5: because I'm monday or sunday's thing i listed um a lot of synonyms for will which was helpful because i think we don't understand what it means and at least the definition there are several definitions but it means personal choice like they said it's choosing christ and what we give up i think in the synonyms helps to know what we give up what our will is and i'll just read a few i won't post it again but it's our attitude our desires our inclinations our intention um what we think um, and a friend and I were doing something the other day and I was sharing and I want to see if I can find it here I just had it but I wanted to read those definitions It was. Because um, um, we're studying the resiliency class and let's see if I can find this here I've got so many notes, there it is and. Um, this has always stuck with me and I thought it had to do a lot with your will because to me your will is um kind of your beliefs and your opinions and your thoughts and your perceptions it's how you look at the world you know and that's what repentance is is a fresh view of God and the world so um this quote always stuck with me it doesn't really have to do with will but it was by uh A.W. Tozer that said We dare not qualify our position. Our opinions must come before judgment. And my note under that is pride is what we think, our thoughts, our perceptions, our beliefs, our opinions, and our knowledge, you know? And so that's kind of our will. If we think we know more than God and our opinions and our beliefs we think are better than God's, then that's kind of our will. It's what we think and believe. So we have to learn to trust God. And I think to me, that's what my will is. It's pitting my desires and beliefs ahead of God's. That's Mm -hmm. how I define will.
1: Yeah, I love that. So look at verse six, the first phrase, right? Mm -hmm. For unless a person does know that he is walking according to the will of God, it would be offering an insult to the dignity of the creator. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. That's a standing <laughs> review right there. And so the question is, how do you walk according to the will of God, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and maybe we all explain it different, but I mean, in the end, that's what he's asking for, right? Yeah.
0: And it's interesting there. Um, uh, like I said, with the, the word patterns and the literary devices that they're using the will of God here is being tied directly back to lecture five with the term spirit and mind. And so if we are walking, sorry for scrolling, there we go walking according to the spirit of God Mm. or the, the Holy spirit of promise or walking according to the promptings that we're giving. um, Like, I, I think that there's some powerful word links there in Um, that so unless a person does know that he's walking according to the spirit like like president nelson says do all that you can to hear him right because if you can't if you don't know that you're walking by promptings and and things in your life it's going to be offering an insult to the dignity of the creator were he to say that he would be a partaker of his glory when he's done with this life so the, the mindset of, oh, just endure to the end. I've made my covenants and I don't know. I, I, I'm just living my life and enduring to the end. that That's offering an insult to the dignity of the creator. If we're not walking by the will of God, by the same mind that Christ paid an ultimate price to obtain a oneness with God. There's some pretty powerful sentiments there. So,
1: so, is it fair to say that if you don't know if you're walking the will of God, maybe you're not? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. And, and a pretty interesting <laughs> thing here in verse 12. So, again, there's a literary pattern here, and 6 and 12 are, are very much companion verses. Um, so, an often quoted thing doubt and faith do not exist in the same person at the same time like if you're unsure if you're walking according to his will um that that's doubt so that persons whose minds are under doubts and fears cannot have unshaken confidence and where that unshaken confidence is not their faith is weak and where faith is weak the persons will not will not be able to contend against all the opposition, tribulations, and afflictions, which they will have to encounter in order to be heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And here's like (laughs) kind of the ramifications of of just going with the flow rather than actual knowledge that you're walking by the spirit. They will grow weary in their minds. and, And again, this is contrasted to sorry, lecture five, the mind here, they will grow weary in their minds and the adversary will have power over them and destroy them. I mean, that, that has some very interesting initiatory, initiatory connotations, right? As we are being clothed, the adversary will have power over them and destroy them.
1: isn't this exactly what president nelson is teaching us today (laughs) that we are not having if we don't have the daily inspirations in our life we're not going to make it in the coming days i mean i mean not word perfect but boy the 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 thought is identical Mm -hmm. yeah
0: it's amazing and so kind of taking a, a step back what is the whole purpose of the lectures on faith? Joseph Smith is is helping the the next group come along and say, okay, if you want greater faith, here's how to get it. And as we'll study next week, lecture seven is all about, okay, now that you've got that kind of faith, what can you do with it? You can do pretty much anything. Um, And so here. I can just imagine what Joseph Smith is is feeling and thinking and um, learning when he's helping the School of the Prophets receive this understanding of faith, a true um, uh, knowledge that the course of life which they're pursuing is according to his will, and how many of the School of the Prophets walk away with great assignments and uh, blessings to to help them in their assignments um as they are going and gathering because these things aren't just for our own amusement and like hey i got another merit badge you know like i've i've come into the presence of the father it it's all about an actual relationship with god and jesus christ and wanting what they want which is to get all of their children home safely not i guess safely as (laughs) all of their children home Mm -hmm. because there's there's a lot of uh tribulations and afflictions that are going to come along the way right Uh, somewhere in in lecture six doesn't it say like um how could someone who doesn't do this keep company with people who have right like (laughs) are you going to come into the present and be like i made it but i didn't have to do all of the the crazy stuff that you guys had to do like it it's the same pattern even though the flavors of the sacrifice may be different uh like in a very personal way like we were talking about earlier um but the sacrifice is necessary the pattern is the pattern and it has to be followed
2: (laughs) i can't help but think like joseph was trying to build zion and what is building Zion? Teaching the people to walk with God. Yeah. And isn't that what President Nelson's telling us too?
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Hello. It, like the aha moment that I, I, it was not a moment, it was a, a period of time though. But during COVID and all the restrictions and, and things that were happening in 2020 and the upset. I seen a lot of people losing their faith in a a prophet in general, but, but a lot in president Nelson. And I just had to kind of ask myself, do I have faith in in the prophet and seeming contraries and paradoxes and all of the stuff that the past few years have brought up and studying his words and going through and being able to recognize that he is following the same pattern and he's trying to help others follow the same pattern. And, and it's not just a, a casual presidency where he's just, all right, you know, let's go with the flow or anything. Like so many of have, have kind of thought, but, but seeing that he is fulfilling all of the same patterns that Joseph has been trying to, to get us to do that all of the, the ancient patriarchs have done. Uh, really solidified my testimony in the fact that Christ is the head of this church and that he has a watchman on the tower. Though watchmen can be imperfect, right? Like they might blow the trumpet at a little bit wrong time or whatever, but I'm referencing a book that I'm reading, sorry. Not to say that our prophet's blowing the wrong trumpet. Um, but um, the fact that that patterns are being followed and and the pattern is leading us to zion just like Alethea was saying it's all about that and that zion is the practice of the presence of god
5: yeah i love that don't okay, you guys like, I, just oh sorry <laughs> i just found this scripture while i was just listening and we were talking, it's kind of going back on the will, but it's interesting. It's from Doctrine and Covenant 64. Behold, the Lord requireth the heart and a willing mind and a will and obedient shall eat the good of the land of Zion in these last days. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I think it's being willing to sacrifice. And like I said, it has to do with our mind and repentance. It's letting God prevail, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what what know, verse is that? um doctrine of covenants 64 verse 34 thank you
0: sorry yeah and i just think it's
5: letting god prevail we are so sometimes i don't know maybe you guys aren't but a lot of people are so opinionated about things um (laughs) and we're just reading a lot about and the resiliency thing about validation and having to help people validate people's emotions, instead of telling them what to do, sharing our opinions about, oh, well, you should do this instead, instead of, you know, accepting their emotions or their how they're feeling in the moment. I mean, we're just extremely opinionated, judgmental or willing to offer advice, when it's not (laughs) asked for sometimes. And I think that's learning to Be more like Christ is to empathize. And it's not exactly being the same to be compassionate. Empathy as validation, but it's just learning to sit with people and their emotions and not find fault or tell them what they should do. And I think it's just, you know, that's, we just need to let God guide our lives. And I think that our will is, has so much to do with what we think and believe and you know, it's just it's 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 about our mind, and I think that's how our mind becomes like Christ because we align our minds with Christ, and we just you know, it's just because I've been reading a lot on that. It's I, like, I like that. My mind goes line. astray a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
2: like that aligning our will with God's. Uh huh. I like that better. Yeah. Hey, in, um, kind of changing the subject. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about Lady Jane Gray.
0: Did I mention that in here or something? Like what well,
2: Oh, no, I was watching the movie and I didn't quite finish it, but I've actually read her book.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um by Allison Weir, W-E-I-R. And yeah. Yeah. That was that was super interesting. And then you posted another video. I can't remember what that one was on.
1: Oh, oh, okay.
0: I was like, where where did
2: are you i've been with you
0: that i mentioned that (laughs) okay gotcha um
2: you have it on learning zion under this week
0: yeah okay so these are totally random things like i don't necessarily recommend them to to everybody but like um there's a, a a youtube kind of podcast series called midnight mormons they're kind of hard to listen to because they're kind of full of themselves but there's a lot of great information in there that's kind of embedded and stuff um but anyway so there's this one episode on fox's book of martyrs and i think that this ties directly into to lecture six here so um so fox is this guy um in the 1500s who writes a book on all of the protestant martyrs uh, starting uh with christ's death he, he begins his his book with, with Stephen, right, that um, is the, the first Christian martyr after the death of Christ, and goes clear up until the 1500s, listing all of the stories of these, these great martyrs, and, um,
2: including Tyndale,
0: yeah, Tyndale, everybody, it, it, it's quite an amazing book, and so, uh, the one of the the hosts of the show asked this the rare book guy there in in probo he's like okay so who's the the best story out of this book like oh uh, what guy is is it and he's like it's not a guy it's a girl lady jane gray she's what 14 15 i can't remember what the age yes, she
2: was really is. young and just so you know he has the book that was like from the 1500s yeah.
0: it's a rare book yeah um,
2: super cool
0: so lady jane gray stands up to the priest in her day and just i mean she goes to the death knowing that she is approved of god and that this priest is wrong and she is not backing down from it and um eventually has to be hanged uh by order of this priest but she goes willingly because she's like i'm not wrong I have the faith, I've paid the price to get the mind and will of God. And I have an actual knowledge and you can't take that away from me. And so she, she dies a martyr's death and an amazing
2: queen, story. she was queen for like nine days because her parents through intrigue and finagling, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, they just used her as a pawn to get her to up their place in society. And and so, yeah, she had an actually really interesting life, but she was just used her whole life. And even in being used like that, she still had the faith. Like she was, I don't know, It just kind of talk about a dysfunctional family, you know, and we all talk about that today. And yet here she was really dysfunctional. Her parents just used her. Everybody used her to improve their station in life
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and then through all of that she she had the faith
1: yeah. yeah and
0: i can't remember the the phrase or anything but what did she end up calling that priest like oh it was
2: something oh like i thought
0: you were my friend but you're
2: thinking stinking something of satan
0: yeah, stinking doghouse of Satan or something yeah, like
2: that. that. Yeah, that's what it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was quite a, a rebuke or whatever. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's what she called him. Now yeah. I know because he asked her, how many sacraments are there? And she said two, and she named them. And then he said, you're wrong, there's seven. And she said, what scripture did you get that by? And then he can't answer. And then he she said, now I know you come from the stinking doghouse of Satan. Mm -hmm. or lucifer or something like that yeah
1: yeah
0: it was crazy so anyway this book of orders
2: boldness, right when you know when you know you're right and you are right with god that's what i mean when you're right with god then you can say things like that and rebuke with the power
4: of god
0: yeah yeah for a divine purpose right Uh and so um the the whole podcast was was focused on this one interesting tidbit that Joseph Smith had this book in his, um, uh, uh, possession. It was lent to him for about a year, uh, or so. And, um, he, he prayed about the martyrs in this, like what became of them. And he received the confirmation that, that those martyrs all received, uh, that they're all saved because of the, um, the, the sacrifice the, the martyrdom that they went through. And, um, in a tidbit i can't remember if it was in the podcast or something else in show notes or something but um that they they believe from his writings that joseph smith didn't know that he was to be a martyr until he read that book and that's when he received his confirmation of that and uh, a marked difference in his um
2: because he read tyndall and when tyndall when they put him to death he said I will show you that a plowboy will teach you the Word of God, something like that, something about yeah. a plowboy. And he realized that's me.
0: That's me. Yeah,
2: that's me. Yeah. And I didn't understand the family he borrowed it from. Were they members of the church?
0: Yes, yeah, so he went across. I can't remember which Great Lake it was, but it was on the opposite side from Kirtland.
2: He went to Detroit
0: Uh uh-huh yeah and he was setting up a branch there and one of the the converts had that that book and they lent it to him out of gratitude and then they met up a year later kind of a thing
2: and this book is like it's big massive (laughs) yeah and you're like that's all the martyrs like wow and that's only and i was thinking as he was saying that like that's only the other side of the world it's not this side of the world with the lamanites and the nephites and yeah yeah how many more names would be in there and that's only 500 years so it was a it was really good i would recommend it and then what's the other one that you posted
0: i can't remember which one i posted no
2: i gotta Um, look
0: it was it was also from that that midnight mormons
2: was it also midnight mormons
0: i i believe so um I think it was on the the King James Bible episode, but I could. Oh, be-
2: maybe. And then you also put uh, the booksellers. What's that movie to IMDb? IMDb that you linked it to.
1: Um,
2: let's see. I'm, I'm looking up sure. the other one. I'm sorry, I'm it's just international up. movie
5: database.
2: Yeah, Tind. Oh, it's Tindal was right. That's what it is. The other podcast that you put on. Oh, okay. And, but then you gave a link to imdb i am yeah imdb a movie called the booksellers from 2019
0: oh i think that was l that actually shared that that movie yeah
5: because he was talking about the bookseller in utah and this is i got this dvd from the library it's really good it talks about antique book dealers in new york city
2: okay okay so it's not about the same kind of thing it's just um about no That okay. was
0: a tangent that we went on <laughs>
5: okay he gotcha. gotcha. was talking about an antique bookseller in new dawn oh okay. no so i just thought he'd like that because he really liked the antique bookstore yep.
1: so. but yeah
0: i think that that plays right into lecture six here you know like it was just interesting that that podcast came up on my radar as we're studying this and i'm thinking holy cow like the sacrifice And the, like, martyrs, when you don't just give up your life for no reason, right? You have to have an actual knowledge that you're doing this for some purpose. You know, like, a lot of people have have talked about that with the Book of Mormon, right? Like, would Joseph have, I think it was Holland that that said this so well, I, I probably shouldn't even paraphrase it, but like, would he have went to his death on a book that he just whipped up Would him and Hiram and all these people have went through all of these sacrifices? Would they have done all of these things that Lecture 6 talks about had they not obtained an actual knowledge that the course of life that they were pursuing was according to his will? No, they would not. That would be ridiculous. Nobody just gives up their life for no reason on (laughs) some novel that they wrote. This is how we become one with God we make sacrifices when called upon to to go through and endure the afflictions and tribulations and all of these things with joy knowing that it all works out in the end that, that God takes care and our <laughs> that there's joy in the journey kind of a thing I think that that's that's a, a huge one because sometimes things are, are really hard, right? And until the, the whole Isaiah's ladder perspective finally clicked with me, then I understood that everything that I had suffered and will suffer is like, oh, it all makes sense. There's a descent before ascent and everything. Be, prior to that, I was just like, I don't know. Life's just hard for some people. <laughs> Everyone uh, goes through their they're obstacles, right? And so it's, it's all about obtaining that knowledge so that we can actually now have joy uh, along the journey rather than just suffering. Uh, This life isn't meant to just be suffered through and endure. (laughs) It's meant to, to be joyful.
2: And that's where it is in verse three, having the assurance that they were pursuing a course, which was agreeable to the will of God, They weren't able to take not only the spoiling of their goods and the wasting of their substance joyfully, but also to suffer death in its most horrid forms, knowing not merely believing that when this earthly house of their tabernacle was dissolved, they had a building of God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. And Hmm. that's where it was saying that they gave up everything joyfully that you, you were talking about. And that's just is that just kind of foreign? It was to me. <laughs> I mean, that's foreign. Would you be joyful if people were taking everything? And yet, I often I love the movie Lay movie the the I haven't read the book Lay Misrab, where the priest says, "Oh, and you forgot this silver and this silver, and gave all the silver joyfully." Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. To who I, they, I, the thief right.
1: I'm kind of thinking of the time frame that this was all taking place and what happened to them just before the Nauvoo mm-hmm. in having to be thrown out and and murdered and, and, you know, I mean, everything possible happened to them. Then they finally went across the river, right? And then finally back up to, you know, to Quincy first. And then they were saved there. Uh, they, citizens of Quincy, you know, out of the goodness of the heart, saved them, and they ended up in Nauvoo. They had gone through so much, and now he's teaching this. Can you imagine how they must have felt about this after having gone through everything like that? Mm-hmm. It's like, you've got to be kidding me, right? Yeah. I mean, but so he's really asking for a huge sacrifice and understanding no, this is this is God, this is how you become godlike yeah
0: and it's interesting that everyone even with the purest desires they all experienced it a little bit differently right i mean there were some that were just like no this is too much there were some that was like okay let's let's do this and um just amazing the examples in the history that we have there and how we can apply that in, in our day and age, because it really is all about Zion. And, um, <laughs> you know, timelines and, and tribulations and, and things that we're going to be experiencing here shortly, like it all has a purpose and it's all to give us the opportunities for lecture sixth, to obtain the mind and will of God and actual knowledge. That this is, this is it. This is what we came here to do and the possibilities of, of what is to come.
2: I just. I think
1: that,
0: oh, go
3: ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, I just really hope I have to believe that when they suffer death in its most horrid forms and you think of Isaiah who we're studying and learning that he was, I didn't realize that, that he was drawn asunder and um abinadi i just i have to think and god and his mercy would have taken their spirits before their bodies mm-hmm. to endure the most horrid yeah. forms of death i don't know I mm-hmm. hope, it, hope he's a
3: kind god that way <laughs> sorry go ahead amy uh no i was just gonna say I, just that what um talking about the um yeah what they had gone through and sacrificed and everything and it just the the scripture from uh it's doctrine and covenants 122 when joseph's and liberty jail and and you know and the lord's responding to him and just lists all the you know every horrible possibility that can happen even if all these things happen it will give it will give the experience and be for your good you know like that's just what this feels like to me you know it's just and I think you know yeah on one hand it can be overwhelming but I think that gives so can bring so much comfort and peace just having having that faith that that is there is a purpose in that suffering that sacrifice or whatever and uh, and and i think yeah these they well a lot of people understood that oh, you know obviously we have beautiful examples but i think that is such an important lesson for all of us to just really have in our hearts and hold on to
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. I, I love that um, example there with Liberty Jail because I hadn't quite put that timeline together. Like lectures on faith came before Liberty Jail and like look at what instruction is, is given to Joseph there of all these things will be for your good. Like go back to the, the lectures like, that I taught Yeah, Like yeah. even Joseph, as he's teaching the lectures still has a lot of things to learn and grow through and uh, to actually experience or even greater faith and, and greater confirmation that he's on the Lord's path.
2: Can I learn what? it another way? <laughs> <laughs> you think that's what they were thinking? And even Joseph, can't I learn it another way?
3: Can't there be another way? Yep. <laughs> if it be that well? <laughs>
4: <another> way. <laughs> no. uh,
1: did, yeah. did, didn't Joseph lose his children before the lectures of faith? I don't know.
0: So lectures on faith, uh, the first school of the prophets is 1833. And then the first actual print version of lectures on faith is 1835. So I'm not totally familiar with the timeline of his children, but I, I would assume so. I'm, I'm not sure.
2: He lost it. I know the first one they lost. I bet they at least had the first
1: one. Yeah. It, it's amazing that he went through so much, and yet he taught incredible doctrine. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, what was that that famous thing that you said? Um, deep waters is what I want to swim. <laughs> this is it. This is, you know, is, like uh, Elder Holland says, welcome to the brotherhood of suffering. There, there is an element to it. It sounds a little negative, but it, it's all about joy in in the reality of it. And so I think that that's the the key of hope within lecture 6. That yes, we're we're going to be called on to go through sufferings and all this kind of stuff, but if you'll take the time to actually develop faith and receive the mind and will of God and become one with him, then you'll have the joy to go along with all of the things to make it bearable to make it understandable rather than just getting it thrust upon you and and <laughs> trying to just manage by yourself kind of a thing that you have a holy partner we are being yoked to Christ as this bridegroom if you'll accept a relationship you can have joy and and learn how to to do all this i think that, that was very beautiful like um at education week linda cherry's class on on developing a relationship with the bridegroom on covenant levels and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I have most of the recordings um, of that on, on Living Zion, but holy cow, that class was was transformational on, I mean, like stuff that I knew, but like she presented it in a deeper, more meaningful way of that that relationship with, with our, our bridegroom.
2: And I just think if Lady Jane Grey... Joan of Arc, Hindel, whoever else could do it without the gospel, without a prophet, without covenants, without ordinances. Can't we? And yet I look at the early church and I'm like, all oh, they suffered and they didn't do it. What do we have to go through?
1: <laughs> all of the traditions <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. that give you a great hope for humanity, though? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, we've got a, a fun ride ahead of us. <laughs>
2: it's
0: fun to know that we have friends and we can talk about it. And actually,
2: <laughs> prepare. Come join me up here in Island Park in yeah. a in a in a. Uh, we live in the middle of the reservoir on an island in the reservoir.
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Go take a tour of the cabin before it gets taken away. I'm just kidding.
2: Well, no, come up here and hide come up here and hide with me and if yellowstone erupts we won't even know it
3: yep. <laughs> it'll be quick
1: yep. it
2: will be fast <laughs> yeah it'll be fast yeah. no if we'll just hide up here we'll just hide up here
0: <laughs> well anything else before we close out for the night that's <laughs> been a, a fun chat I, i've loved um well, I, I have all my favorites and I love all the weeks and all the lectures, right? But like, this week has been a, a fun discussion round, uh, to say the least, uh, where everybody's taken it. And uh, I don't know, I've had lots of aha moments this, this week in, in my own personal um, journey and, and what I need to do and, and things. It's been fun. Don't you just love the lectures on faith? Like <laughs> so many people just don't study them or don't even know what they are, but like, man, they are, they're, they there's some powerful uh, stuff there. Oh yeah. And then El will uh, post a, a book in the chat. Um, it's a digital book that we might find interesting putting on the mind of Christ by Jim
5: Marion. I'm going to have to check that one out. I yeah, heard it. It's not LDS, but I haven't really read it. I downloaded it probably a couple months ago, but it looked just interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. it's yeah.
5: it's about consciousness and and um, I don't know, it's just really it just sounds really interesting. I mean, you have to take it for what it's worth not being l d s but it's just mm-hmm. it's kind of about you know changing our mind and trying to get it to have the same thoughts that Christ has and God has, and so I thought, oh you might learn something from it.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so, I love
2: it. Um, I wanted to recommend this book, but I'm realizing it kind of goes along with what we're talking about. (laughs) Oh, love that book. uh, Love that book. I read it and I found it at DI and I have it on Deseret Bookshelf. So I read it at 1.75 speed as I followed along (laughs) (laughs) and finished it in the same day, but kind of the same thing about up is down and down is up, right? Mm -hmm. And what we see as down in this life spoiling their goods wasting their substance all of those things death in the most horrid form is actually up not down mm-hmm.
0: Yep. so yeah i'm gonna have to pull that book out like i read it once long time ago but like i need to with a, a new fresh perspective on it like i, I think that that would be a really there's another
5: break. one too that's really good it's based i think on the b i might not be correct but it's called the end of me be- and the beginning of cry of jesus and it's very similar. It's about being humble and and you know, um, yeah.
2: Is that um, by Deseret Book? Would it be on Deseret? No,
5: it's just a Christian writer, but it's really, really good. It has to do with humility and pride, and I think it's based on the Beatitudes. I haven't read it for a long time, but I discovered that first and read that. And then I found the Falling to Heaven one, and I thought, oh my gosh, they're just, I mean, they're right. Like, One's LDS, one's not, but they're both so good on the same topic. Yeah. So this, this guy really got it as a Christian, you know, the humble are the people that, that rise. And they even say that in leadership positions, it's, it's the leaders that are humble rise up more than the ones that are, um, you know, think, yeah, puffed up. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah so it's real it was real they're both very good Mm -hmm. yeah i need to reread them
2: yeah i really i enjoyed again falling to heaven it was every bit as good as the first time
1: Mm i love it
2: yeah
0: all right any other comments or book recommendations or anything (laughs) i love
1: it (laughs) i'm trying
5: to remember when i read ages ago and i can't remember the title it was so good it was all about the israelites and how we're like the israelites traveling you know through the 40 years (laughs) If we just don't we don't let god prevail we're going to be in the same position as the israelites see i
2: i don't think we are quite like the israelites yet i think we're in the slave bondage period Uh uh-huh
5: but i can't remember the title of the book and it was so good but But we'll get there we'll be like
2: the israelites
5: yeah (laughs)
0: yeah exactly and then um uh Avraham's second part of his interview with uh megan i just posted the the link there um anyway i thought the first one was a really good concise uh summary or whatever the second discussion will uh, anyway it it's awesome you it's a must listen to oh, this
2: yeah. is this is his um I missed that. I was driving up from Idaho Falls up here. I'd gone down that day and missed it. Is that the one that was at Scripture Notes?
0: No, this one is Megan Farner. She um, does a, a podcast called Latter Day Disciples. Oh, um, okay. And she did a two-part interview with Avraham. Okay. Um, I, all of her podcasts are interesting. Um, but this this Avraham one, the first part he goes through and explains. I mean, it, it's basically like, Isaiah decoded in 15 minutes. And it's like uh. the best summaries of just everything that you need to know about Isaiah. But the second one is like powerhouse. Like you Yay. definitely need to, to listen to both of them.
2: I had that pulled up to listen to and I haven't done it yet. So I need to go hear it.
1: Yeah, they're really great. Um, so talking about a book, I just bought. Carrie Moulstein's book, Learning of to Love Isaiah, uh-huh. and he goes through every verse. It's uh, I can't wait to start it. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, I love it about that one. Uh, I just haven't <laughs> had time to get into it. I need to. This week would be awesome. Um, and
2: I misspoke. Avraham wasn't on Scripture Notes last week. It was on the Isaiah Institute, wasn't it? Or the book group.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. So he did his uh, Q and A couple weeks ago, and then um,
2: guess that one.
0: Where else has he been? He's been on different little things. He's he, he's really busy lately. He's uh, a lot of things are going to be coming out in the next couple weeks. We're doing some roundtable discussions and filming those right now. Um. Oh, and then Rossanne, sorry, I, <laughs> I forgot about chat. Um. Just read a wonderful book about uh oh a near death experience called death a new beginning i never heard of that one before i'm gonna have to try that one out um yeah it's
6: a really fa- it's a really fast read um it's on the website another voice of warning ldsof uh-huh. Ldsavow.com. i think is where it's at i'm trying to find the link to post it Oh yeah. Um,
0: Who's it by? Like, or is uh, it? Her
6: name is Sarah Linnell, and I I don't know how to say her last name. Monet. 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 Anyway, it's just she was agnostic. Anyway, it's it's an amazing. It's it's not extremely well written because she's blind, and so she just told the story, and somebody transcribed it. Yeah. So it's just like her having this conversation, and so it kind of jumps around a lot. But mm-hmm. um, she was agnostic and she came back and was and began looking for a church because she saw Christ <laughs> in the spirit world. I mean, just it's amazing,
0: love it. And
6: yeah. uh, she found she eventually became a member, uh, because everything that she learned in the spirit world we teach
1: mm-hmm. anyway
6: it's, it was really fun it was fast read very interesting
0: mm-hmm. yeah i'm going through and, and transcribing avraham's uh 24 part series right the dreams visions near-death experiences and he keeps quoting from from ceremonies or whatever but i haven't ever done- oh really I, I need to to go do that one yeah he does that one and visions of glory and and quite a few others, but um yeah Sarah Menez I'm like ah I really need to dive in and just read that.
1: And yeah, this one really- is not about,
2: but it it is from twenty twenty two her end time vision of the world that she wrote in seventy nine.
1: Okay. That link. Gotcha.
2: Yeah she this
6: hap- her she died in nineteen seventy nine, and she saw 9-11
0: Uh,
6: yeah she saw tall buildings fall in new york city she didn't know when it was going to happen she just saw it happen
1: Mm -hmm.
6: then when it did she was like
2: oh my gosh hey i'm just scrolling through this website and i just got to the heading russian slash chinese attack and invasion do you guys hear that That uh, the Chinese and the Russian are meeting for the first time? In- yeah. yeah, here we go.
0: Uh, <laughs> Bring it
1: on. Yeah.
2: I also saw north of Salt Lake City have a mushroom cloud, a small one, but no missile. Mm-hmm. That's under the Russian-Chinese attack and, attack and invasion. It's also in LA, Las Vegas, and New York. Here we go. Here's the, let me post this
1: where should we be living is the question
6: i'm the not idea. on the not on the coast no <laughs> not on
1: the coast
0: <laughs> whatever you do yeah the coast, the coast.
6: coast. <laughs> um she sarah Monet says there will be no place that is safe unless you follow the spirit and are guided
0: that's true i mean because we all got to go through sacrifice and it might be a martyr yes. kind of situation right
6: <laughs> yes <laughs> she <laughs> said yeah i mean she saw the end and there were cities of light and she realized it was people that had gathered together and were willing to work together instead of kill each
1: other
2: (laughs) that goes right along with so what was her name solis gardesto
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, had the Uh, um there's numerous witnesses to that 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 vision yeah she but she had it at the cardston temple open Uh house was not a member when she had it and she mm-hmm. wrote and sent it to the church and then eventually joined the church yeah okay. so that those cities sure? of light were all around the temple
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is maybe why president nelson is building so many temples
5: yeah he wants them
2: within we within so might many might not be able months. to travel very far yeah
5: yeah yeah i just read something i said that they're going to announce like in the coming years 40 temples at a time oh yeah oh my gosh I what I well, that's because that.
6: they're they're building them super fast now instead of the traditional way right mm-hmm. change yeah. how they build them so
0: yeah it will be awesome like i think it was bednar and another apostle but they said um soon we will be thinking about them in the thousands rather than the hundreds right like i don't know but like yeah. perfectly, but i can see it if we're, if we're gonna start announcing them like crazy
1: bring it on I, yeah i keep pegging the second coming to the number of temples dotting the earth mm-hmm. i really do uh, any- we're not we're not there yet but we're coming there.
2: We're, yeah has anyone else heard about President Nelson wanting the Salt Lake Temple to be open 24 hours?
0: Oh, really? No. <laughs> I haven't heard that, no, but it makes sense. I mean, he's doing a lot of modifications.
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. he, he wants to amortize those costs.
2: <laughs> I also, I also, I don't listen to the news, but I was, I don't know how I heard this, if I was driving, but they're trying to push a bill through that says if the church any church doesn't support include homosexuality then they will lose their tax exempt status yeah i i was in the temple today and it really
6: hit me i mean you guys have probably heard all the inclusivity junk mm-hmm. that's going around right chest feeding for we need to include males who want to feed their children you know just (laughs) absolute insanity but i was in the temple and the chastity law came up and i thought this is how they are going to just blast us Um, we are not inclusive
1: Um, because
6: it is just taking like root like crazy it's um, the
1: younger generation too Ross, yes it, right i know I mean, they're just incredible
2: it is so writing the bills. it's the older generation writing these bills yes
1: and that's because they follow the money but but i remember being in california sitting, standing on the street corners getting things thrown at me uh, when the two apostles came when we were fighting against mm-hmm. uh, you know the proposition there mm-hmm. because they were afraid that they were going to take away the temple to be able to perform marriages right that would be mm-hmm. recognized by the state but I think you're right it's only going to get worse Rossanne
6: it's just it just really hit me that that is going to be one of the main fire like uh I don't know. They're just gonna really hit us with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's major persecution
6: is coming, guys.
1: I, I mean, I'm old enough to think that when I was growing up, you know, life was pretty decent.
6: Mm. I mean, it was <laughs> yes, you know, I, yeah. I and, mean, and
1: and it's just pure evil now.
6: Yeah, there I my uh, I read an article here in idaho and it's probably all over the country but there's a nonprofit organization that wrote sex education curriculum and it's porn literacy yeah, for k through 12.
1: yep it's in and, idaho
6: yes it's in idaho and it is i watched there's this huge article about it. i clicked on some of the links and watched some of the videos and I, it's so disgusting.
1: Crazy. I saw that on the news tonight, believe it or not, just before I joined this group. And I thought, oh, my goodness. If, and by the way, it's against the law in Idaho to do it. And they still are getting away with it and doing it. I know.
6: Laws <laughs> don't I even know. matter anymore. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. It's I, I, I have siblings... You know, I have nieces and nephews in the public schools, and I told my siblings, you better be vigilant because your children are going to be exposed to porn at school.
1: It, we're set. I mean, we are becoming as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah almost at this point.
6: Well, it's worse than Sodom and Gomorrah because that was that was just localized to one city. Now it's there, it's all over the world, so. We're worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't have the True. media like we do. And the yeah. internet. I mean, it um, spreads like wildfire all over the world now.
1: How much longer can this, you know, I mean, and, and the sad part is it's going to, we know it's going to get worse. That's well, that's the sad yeah. part.
2: Well, we I
6: keep, can't. Yeah. Go it's going to, society just going to collapse and... There's going to be diseases and I i was telling my son because he is shared that article with me about the porn literacy and I said the only thing that's going to happen that's going to help is if society collapses and people have to think about surviving yeah. and they don't have time to think about all this nonsense
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> you know <laughs>
4: You guys were talking it. about um, persecution coming. Well, persecution is here already. It's here.
6: Yeah, I know it no. is. But I, yeah, I was just thinking about that particular line yeah. of persecution. The we are not inclusive.
4: <laughs> well, I have a I have a daughter that has completely cut my husband and I out of her life. She. Mm. She blocked our number she you know just she won't have any contact with us and even though we have you know just tried to express love and support for her and her family um because we won't deny what
5: yeah.
4: we believe in um Even though we're like, you know, we love you, we'll we'll do anything we can to help you guys and to support you. She's got some LGBTQ children that, you know, Mm -hmm. our grandchildren that we love dearly, Mm -hmm. that we have never shown any hate or anything towards, obviously, you know, we love Mm -hmm. them so much. But she, you know, she says, if you are not 100% on board with what's going on, then I'm done. And, you know, we said, let's get together and talk. We want to talk. Uh, We want you to, you know, let us know what's going on and let's get together and and talk about this. And she's like, Nope, I'm done. Yeah. It's happening. Persecution is here already. So I know.
5: We heard about the, one of the church buildings that had been arsoned, burned. The ah the Orm temple. Orm temple. That was the Orm temple. Yeah, yes. right Is that where what it worked? was. And then some yes. had graffiti on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Literally, I see it from my office. It's
5: on yeah, the freeway. Yeah, that's kind of scary. And the thing I saw, well, I saw it before, but it didn't register with me until someone else shared it. That um, Mike Lindell, you know, they said they were going to track down Trump supporters. And they, mm-hmm. the FBI, surrounded the My Pillow guy's house and took his phone and seized his phone. Oh my god! Because he's a Trump supporter. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I mean, so it's coming.
6: The president effectively um, declared war on, <laughs> you know, MAGA. Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. On half the nation, more than half the nation. It's just, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So persecution is here, and it's coming for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure,
2: so Malta, Uh, Idaho, and Island Park, Idaho. (laughs) There's not going to be any safe
6: place, Alethea, except where what God tells you to. I don't know. I
1: yeah, Alaska is looking pretty good right
2: now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm thinking antarctica
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys thought i was cold up here <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs>
5: i just need I'm some really like good clothing right the rich are doing <laughs> underground bunkers <laughs> oh it, yeah uh, yeah I mean, yeah look. we
6: just gotta stick together yeah that's what that's what sarah saw that the the cities of light were people that were willing to help each other and they were uni- they were basically unified and worked together. I don't think those are her words, but um, because the rest of society was robbing and murdering and plundering to survive instead of trying to work together. And so
2: So basically well, you have not Zion against Zion. Yes, exactly.
1: So in Lund's new book. He talks about that and says that hundreds of thousands of people will come to Utah that are not of LDS persuasion just because the community here will have uh, per- worked together to protect itself, right?
6: Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, there will be communities like that around the country. And she said she saw most of them in the Western part of the united states and there were a few in the eastern part of the united states
1: thank goodness we're in the west right
6: <laughs> so which book are you talking about are you talking about second coming of the lord or a different one by D. yeah yeah the yeah.
1: yeah he wrote two the second one the second coming of the lord
6: yeah his new edition latest new, edition.
1: yeah 50 years apart but yeah the new one yeah
6: yeah i have that i've, I've been reading it yeah
1: yeah hundreds of thousands of people he said Will come to Utah.
2: This is Lund? Gerald
6: yes. Lund? Yes.
1: Uh-huh.
5: Okay.
2: Yeah,
1: it's really interesting. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a pretty good read. It's not a bad read at all. And, uh, it's,
6: yeah, it's good.
1: Yeah.
2: Second coming of the Lord?
6: Yeah. He wrote an edition, and, and then he read, he, re- he went back and edited the events that had happened since he wrote hit the first edition okay and went through it again yeah
4: okay so i read that book it's so good
1: So i have both books in front of me the first one is called the coming of the lord which was written oh my goodness many many years ago yeah Um, 19 25th printing uh copyright was 1971 right and then the second coming of the lord which he just wrote right was written in 2020
6: yeah i think he yeah i think he was supposed to publish it in 2019 but things kept pushing it off yep and it came out in 2020
1: (laughs) right and and he said he was glad it did because he had yeah. so much more.
6: Yes, because after that hit, he was able to. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, by a thread, he talks about the United States and the and the prophecy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Constitution. I mean, he talks about it all.
5: <clears throat>
1: Will there be a World War Three? Yada yada yada. I mean, all good fun things to keep you right keep <laughs> yeah. you awake like reading. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't put you to sleep nothing will right
6: uh-huh. so. you know and i try to talk to people about this like i was talking to my siblings today a little bit and they're just like yeah but there's still so many good people and i and then i'm also reading in uh second nephi uh i think it was I don't know in the twenty, the twenty-seven, twenty-eight, where he talks about how Zion people are saying, "Oh, all is well, all is well, Zion, it's fine, all is well." Whoa, whoa, unto you who say all is well. (laughs) I, I, I try, but there's a lot of people that want to put their head in the sand and just keep lit not not prepare their minds and hearts
1: so he says and i will quote we see that uh in our lives right now there are terrible things going on in the world and yet most of us are not directly affected by them many uh-huh. are blessed to live in enclaves of peace and stability and safety
0: you yeah. know yeah, like Amy's shirt there, right? Like, we just aren't personally affected by it a lot of times, but like, just human trafficking, like child sex, oh, identity, yeah. that is so prevalent and rampant in our world. And you know, we just kind of, especially in the Intermountain West, oh la di da da, let's go about our day, kind of a thing. But like, no, let's end this already.
1: And, and Utah's one of the worst. States yeah. in the Union.
6: Yeah, I it was terrible too. Yeah.
1: Crazy. Well, this should all put us to sleep very well. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sweet dreams.
2: Note. I know. You well.
1: thank you for such the encouraging words
2: <laughs> remember we'll all do it joyfully yep your as, all about joy as we align as we align our will with the lords
1: this is a test yep. yes it's only a test I love that.
5: and if we die we die yeah yep, yep from like sherry do's talk isn't there a sherry (laughs) do talk about the test Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. probably yeah so is next week our
2: last lectures on faith
0: we have one more after that so next week we're talking about lecture seventh which is the final lecture all of the possibilities now that you've acquired this faith um what you can do with it and then we have one more session where we talk about the decanonization of the lectures on faith and where it went after that.
2: So,
0: so yeah.
6: yeah. Wow.
2: Apparently it went to the internet.
6: <laughs> <laughs> and to the like groups.
2: <laughs> like everything went to the internet. <laughs> Thanks for posting it there so we can read it every week when I leave my book at home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll see everyone next week for another lively discussion. (laughs) 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 Have a great week, everyone. Thank you. Bye.